0: Welcome to the first episode of the Florida Divorce and Family Law Questions podcast. The questions I will try to answer are not from clients, but they're just from regular people who simply have a quick question that they need answered about a family law question. I'm going to try to get new episodes out twice a month based on the number of questions that I get. So the more questions I get, the more frequent the episodes. If you have a question, you can submit it through the contact form on my website or email it directly to me. Also, I will try to keep the episodes to about 20 to 30 minutes. Now, a little bit about me. I'm a Florida family law attorney. My office is in Jacksonville. I've been practicing law for 19 years and exclusively family law for the last 16 years. This is a good time to point out that there is always another side to every story. So my answers are given without knowledge of the whole story. It's also important to note that the Florida statutes give judges in family cases wide discretion to do what they think is fair. This leads to potentially different results before different judges, where neither judge's decision is wrong. So take my answers for what they are, my best guess with limited information. All right, our first question is from a husband in Newport Ritchie. He says that he and his wife have been married nine years and they have one child. His wife moved out about a year ago, and he says he has his child most of the time due to the wife's work schedule. Um, The wife has an apartment that she has a lease on, and that lease is ending soon. Uh, He also tells me that her name alone is on the mortgage for the house, and he doesn't say it, but I'll assume that both of their names are on the deed to the house. As a result of her lease ending soon, she is threatening to move back into the house and kick him out. He doesn't say what she intends to do with the child, um, so his question is, "Can she do this?" The short answer is not likely. She is very likely within her rights to move back into the house. It is her house after all. Um, just because the mortgage is in her name doesn't give her any special or higher rights than he does, um, and doesn't allow her to kick him out on a whim. Um, since the house was bought during the marriage, it's marital property. So the court. Uh, is perfectly, uh, well, not perfectly able to, but is that's what they're going to do. They're going to make a determination about who gets the house. Um, just real quick, marital property um, is just property that's acquired during the marriage. There are a lot of exceptions to this rule of what the court can and can't divide up. They're going to divide up your marital property. They're not going to divide up your non-marital property. Uh, non-marital property is generally um, assets that you acquired prior to the marriage, Uh, An inheritance you got, a gift you got from, say, a family member that's not your spouse, um, any income that you made off of non-marital property, and any asset that you might have, even if it was acquired during the marriage, that has been excluded by an an agreement. And and by agreement, I'm generally talking about like a a prenuptial agreement, something like that. Um, Generally, the court will also allow both of you to live, both parties to live in the house while the divorce is going on, unless there's some kind of domestic violence, then the violent person is probably going to get kicked out. Um, for our husband in Newport Richie, um, as part of his divorce case, he could file what's called a motion for temporary needs. Um, that'd be after he filed for the divorce case, filed the divorce case in general and request that he be awarded a temporary, uh, use of the home while the case is pending. Temporary simply means while the case is pending, that that time between when you file your petition to start the case and when there's a final hearing. It's certainly within the realm of possibility that the judge would allow him to stay in the house on a temporary basis, so while the case is proceeding to the final hearing, but at the final hearing, award the house to the wife or order it sold or something like that. Well, so I hope that helps. Okay, the next question is from a wife in West Palm Beach. She writes in that her husband is paying child support to an ex-wife. He had his child support amount modified a few years ago, and now his youngest daughter will soon be turning 18 and graduating from high school. Her question is, does her husband have to ask for court permission to stop paying child support by filing a supplemental petition to modify child support, which is what he did a few years ago when he had his child support lowered. Well, I'm going to have to assume, first off, that the child support order in this case is standard in that it does not require um, the father here to pay child support after the child is 18 and graduated, which would happen in a case where the child was disabled. Um, There are a few possible answers to her question depending on how he pays the child support. If he pays the child support directly, like he writes her a check every month or every few weeks or it's uh, he has some kind of allotment set up if he's in the Navy or if he direct deposits it, something like that. So if he does the payments himself, then he can just stop. I mean, and I'm assuming that he has no arrearage. If he has an arrearage, if he owes a few thousand dollars in back child support or any amount, then he needs to keep paying what he's already paying, and that will more quickly Pay down the arrearage, and when the arrearage is paid off, then then he can then he can just stop. Um, There are some other rules that affect child support when a child drops out of high school or takes a few extra years, so those may apply to the situation as well. If if the husband is paying child support under an income withholding order, and an income withholding order is simply a court order that directs an employer to deduct a specific amount from the pay and then send it to the state of Florida and then the state of Florida gets it to the uh, parent who has the money. Um, if that is what's in effect and that is a recent and properly prepared income withholding order, those orders contain a termination date that tell the employer when to stop the child support. Um, and that even could be the case, even if there's an arrearage. They, the employer may need to be reminded that the order has a termination date, but that's something you certainly can look into, uh, as well. If there is no termination date, uh, and the child support is being deducted, um, from what they used to call prior to income withholding orders, we had these things called income deduction orders, income deduction orders did not contain termination dates commonly. Um, then he will have to go back and ask for court permission, um, to get the child support just to basically stop his his obligation otherwise the employer has no reason to know when to stop deducting Um, they don't they might agree or know the child and know that the child is 18 um, and out of high school but they don't really have any way to know that uh, there's no rearage and under an income deduction order or an income withholding order um, if the employer fails to deduct the amount they're ordered to, they can be held personally responsible for that amount, and that's not generally uh, an obligation or a liability that most businesses are interested in. So he's probably going to have to go back in this scenario and ask the court. This is not something that should be terribly complicated and really would kind of be sad that they would even have to do that. Um, They need to get a court order, but it is something that the mother and father should be able to agree on and jointly submit something to The judge for his signature that they can then take to the um, employer to legally and effectively stop the child support. Next up, we have a question from a mother in Jacksonville who writes in and says that her child's father has never been involved in her son's life. Uh, After a two-year paternity case, he was ordered to pay child support and never has. Even after the end of the Paternity case, he refused to be involved with their child, and now he, of course, has filed for joint custody. Her question is uh, Can a father who refuses to pay court order child support obtain visitation rights to the child? Um, first off, Florida no longer uses very, still very common terms, um, visitation and custody. We now use the terms time sharing. Uh, As in, parents share the time of their child, and also there is no more custody in the state of Florida. Parents generally have what's called shared parental responsibility as opposed to sole parental responsibility. Parental responsibility is just the uh, authority to make decisions for your child as far as education, discipline, medical, religious, and most of the time uh, those decisions are shared by both parents. It's not usually one parent that makes all the decisions in a specific area or all decisions in all areas. Um, They're usually shared by both parents. Now, regarding the question, the short answer is yes. A parent who doesn't pay child support will still be able to see their child um, under the terms of a parenting plan um, established by a court or established by an agreement of the parties. In Florida, the ability to see your child is just by statute not linked to whether you pay child support. Judges and the leg- legislature have determined that is generally in the child's best interest to spend time with their parents, whether or not one of those parents is paying child support or not. Uh, it, However, it is incorrect to say that child support and time sharing are not connected, while the right to see your child is, like I've already said, not dependent on whether you pay child support. The number of nights that you spend with your child is a factor used in the calculation of child support. Lastly, and with all due respect to this mother, obviously I don't know her and we haven't spoken, but I do get the impression that she wants to deny the father um, time with the child since he's not paying and since he has a history of not being involved. It's the history of not being involved which really is more important. Um, denying the father contact with the child will only make her look bad if she ever has to sit in front of a judge and describe her actions and motivations. Um, It's certainly not in the best interest of a child to take a child at any age and put them with a person, even if that person is their father, um, who they really don't know and have spent very, very little time with. Um, That might be the best way to go after a get reacquainted period, which Could take a year, which could take a few weeks. That really just depends on the age and maturity of the child. Um, But just to cut everything off simply because they're not paying, um, you're not allowed to do that. All right, our next question comes from West Palm Beach, where an ex wife writes that she has three children with her ex husband who she divorced about 10 years ago. She says he is supposed to have the kids on alternating Thursdays through Mondays, but that he rarely takes them for any overnight visits at all. As a result, she has them most of the time, even on the weekends. She describes herself as being irked that he's saving money by not being with the children, and she also points out that he rarely chips in for um, any other expenses that are not specifically mentioned in the final judgment. And she, her question is essentially, um, is there any way to solve this problem and essentially get more money out of her ex-husband? As I have said in this episode already, and I probably will repeat time and again in other episodes, child support based on a formula. One of the fairly recent changes to the child support law um, allows for a reduction in the child support amount where the paying parent has the children for more than 20% of the overnights um, over the course of a year. The prior law also allowed for a reduction but the reduction itself didn't kick in until the paying parent had over 40% of the nights with the children. Um, The math in those situations um, is the same under the old law and the new law. It's just that the reduction didn't start until 40%. You get the same reduction now uh, as you did back then. It's just it didn't start until 40%, where now it starts at 20%. And In my experience, just about everybody gets some reduction if they're they live near their children and really want to see them in or any part of their life, they'll get at least a small reduction as the number of nights increases. The reduction itself will increase. So I really think that the purpose of the new law was to recognize that there was an expense um, to the paying parent of these children um, associated with having them so often. And they legislature just made the uh, decision that that cutoff point would be 20%. Also, The purpose of child support itself is to pay for children's expenses, clothing, food, a slightly larger house or apartment because you have the children, and other uh, expenses associated with having a child. So there's not really any way to interpret the child support statute to require additional money for other costs. However, any final judgment should include a discussion of payments for some child-related expenses that are not considered child support. Um, The expenses that are considered part of child support are the child's medical insurance costs and daycare costs. But those that uh, I see commonly broken out and put in um, separate paragraphs in a final judgment have to do with the payment of extracurricular activities, payment for school supplies, uh, perhaps private school tuition, Um, school clothes, uncovered medical expenses or uncovered dental expenses, future uh, cost of college, uh, and a child's auto and mobile phone expenses. We often see that as well. Um, Lastly, the ex-wife in this situation should take a look at how the child support was initially calculated. It's possible that the father was given one of these reductions for uh, having over 20% of the nights with the children, and if that's the case and he's not exercising the time sharing that he was granted under the final judgment and the parenting plan, the law does allow for a modification of the child support on the basis that he's not following through with the time he was supposed to spend with the children. Um, figuring out how the child support was calculated, especially if this was a few years ago and she doesn't have the papers laying around anymore, uh it can be a little confusing. So it, would probably be a good idea to consult with a local family law attorney uh, just to see how this was done. Next up we have a question from Bartow where a woman writes in and tells us that about three months ago she was issued a Florida marriage license. A few days after that uh, she at least thinks she got married. However, she has since discovered that the license was not filed with the clerk of court in her county. She would like to know if she's married and since the relationship apparently is over, does she need to get a divorce? First off, Florida law requires that marriage licenses be filed with the clerk of the court in the same county where the license was issued. Uh, So for her, it sounds like she probably, she lives in Bartow, she got a marriage license in Bartow at the courthouse, it would need to be filed back there. Even if she'd had the uh, marriage done in Orlando or Key West or wherever, she'd still need to take it back there and and file it. You don't have to get married in that county, but you have to file it back in that county. Whoever performed the ceremony um, should have filed it with the clerk. Um, Just as a precaution, she should check and see if it was filed in the wrong county, which I guess there's 67 counties, so she doesn't need to necessarily check all the counties. But if she got married in a different county from where the license was issued, she should check that county. Um, However, even if she discovers that it it just completely was not filed, she's not totally out of luck yet. Um, Florida statute 741.10 provides that a marriage may be proven by the filing of two affidavits from witnesses stating that they were at the ceremony and saw the marriage performed. These affidavits need to be filed with the clerk in place of the marriage license and have the same effect. So in this case, she should take the extra steps to make sure that the marriage is proven and then go ahead with the divorce. Lastly, we have an ex-husband in Tampa. Who writes that he has a signed divorce agreement that states how his child support payments will be paid until each of his three children reach 18 years of age. Apparently they also had an agreement on how much he owed in back child support and how he was going to repay the back child support. He says that his ex-wife tried to implicate the back child support but failed to do so because of the agreement. Um, he, he wants to know, essentially, if any future attempts to change his payments will also be denied by the court. Uh, real quick, I'm not exactly sure what he means by implicated the back child support, but I think he's talking about um, that his ex-wife tried to have the amount he owed in back child support increased. For example, when they signed the agreement, and I'm guessing as to what it said, um, suppose that They agreed at that time that he owed $10,000 in back child support and that it was going to be repaid $100 a month until it's all paid off. Um, And that would be, of course, in addition to the ongoing child support amount. What was denied by the court was probably his ex-wife's attempt to increase that $10,000 amount due to money she thinks that he would have paid prior to the divorce or should have paid prior to the divorce. That she can't do. The agreement that he owed the $10,000 closes out that issue. The only way that the back child support increases is if he misses child support payments in in the future after the divorce was finalized. Now, the answer to his question is that, yes, the other parts of his agreement can be changed. The amount of monthly child support can change in the future, and the amount he pays every month towards the arrearage can change as well. Either party in the future can ask for a change in the child support amount if there has been what's called a substantial change in circumstances. The Florida statutes define a substantial change in circumstances in the context of child support as an increase or decrease in the child support amount of $50 or 15%, whichever of those two amounts is greater. Since child support is based on a formula, if some of the factors change, then the resulting child support amount can change as well. And just real quick, the factors that go into a child support calculation are both parties' incomes, any daycare cost, the cost of medical insurance for the children, uh, any any union dues paid, any other uh, child support paid by one of the parents for children of another relationship, the number of children itself, and the number of nights that the children spend with each parent. So as time progresses after the original child support amount is established, some of those numbers all inevitably change. And if they result in a $50 or 15%, again, whichever is greater, change to the child support amount, if it was calculated at that time in the future, then, then one of the parties can request that it change. You're, you're certainly not locked into a child support amount um, forever. Even if there is kind of a step down offered in the order, you're not locked into those. Sometimes those step downs as children age out can be helpful, especially if there's an income deduction order where the child support amount is anticipated to go down in the future, but you're certainly not locked into those amounts forever. You can go back and ask the court to address those things in the future. It, it's smart, I think, to have a lawyer look at these things just to give you an idea. Sometimes the numbers change, the factors change, but the, ch- the, the child support amount itself doesn't change very much, and you don't want to go and get your hopes up and spend the money to file a, file a supplemental petition to change the child support just to have it dismissed because, sure, all the factors changed around, but the resulting number was pretty much the same. Okay, that's all I have for this episode. Again, I'm Jim Mullaney, and I practice in and around Jacksonville. My address is 4741 Atlantic Boulevard, Suite A1, Jacksonville, Florida, 32207. My phone number is 904-858-4334. My email address is jim at jimmullaney.com. My website is www.jimmullaney.com. You can find me on Twitter at at atty.